0: So, when we consider the qualities of great heart, there's a warm heartedness and uh, joyfulness uh, love of other p- love and uh, warmth with other people compassion and Anukampati and <coughs> to to resonate with so so, yeah, I was talking about this as compassion actually it sets that's, that's making it a little bit short it's not it's not compassion compassion is an important aspect of that it, but it also um means that we we share we share the happiness of others there's a quality of what's called mudita, which means that you feel gladdened by other people's good fortune you see the good in others and it it lifts you. You see the good deeds of others and you feel cheered by that. So, you know, that's, that's the resonating with and you have a sense of um, of um, seeing the lovable qualities of other people, you know, that which makes you smile, affectionate, mm. compassion to see their vulnerability, and equanimity, the ability to bear with through the ups and downs, to to stay with other people and oneself through the ups and downs. So to others, as to myself, is always the reflection to see your own lovable qualities, to appreciate and value your own good fortune. Hmm? (coughs) Have a sense of uh, care and conscience and concern over your vulnerability to look after yourself, to be compassionate towards yourself, to not put unnecessary pressures on yourself out of some sense of duty or think you ought to, but to really, you know, compassion for oneself as well as others. Uh, so this... uh, And then equanimity to realise sometimes we just go through stuff and to not lose... Faith to not give up on oneself or on others. These are the the tremendous resources of great heart. Hmm? So it's, it's, you know, to see it's holistic to self and to others. To others as to myself, to myself as to others. You know, because it's it's uh uh in in, in soci- in society in social situations often there's a kind of uh a pressure to attend to the others and not to oneself you know so if you're a caring profession for example then you get this what's called compassion fatigue mm mm-hmm. So, just of course, there are so many other people. The list is endless <laughs> of people who need some help or some support or comp- And then the compassion becomes worry, and then it gradually drains you of of the necessary qualities of good heart. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a resource that's needed. It's not just an intention or an aspiration or being sensitive. You have to actually have. Almost like a, a resource. This is what presence gives you. Presence is the root, and that's what drinks in. You see the life force. You might say, yeah. And when you have presence, you're just running on <laughs> on principles and um, ideals, but you've run out of the basic juice. And this is dangerous because if you're still running on that, then even when you're in your your tank is empty, you still think. Whether I should try a bit harder, you know <laughs> i 'm not doing well enough, I should try hard enough, they need me, this kind of thing, so you get these 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 um, syndromes, these kind of programs get in get in, you know fixed you get these fixed programs in your mind that actually take you into auto destruction <laughs> you know that that 's the kind of um, Scenario: We can be in in social so in society. See, because society is collective but not intimate. You see what I mean? So, you know, there's actually hundreds of people, but you don't really they don't really know you. You don't really know them. It's not an intimate sense. So, you just got to kind of you, know, you haven't got the so you've got no real people. Don't have any way of really assessing. What really is possible right now? So you just have kind of uh, uh, a collective that's not connected, and this is this is um, is risky. Mm. It's not actually connected to 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 your your, your real true presence. It's just co- it's connected to you as a a function, or as a name, or a, yeah, or as a role but not actually connected to you in your presence. Yeah, so in your job, for example, the, it's your function and your role and your position, not to you in your presence. You see, so you can't, see if you're feeling sick or you don't feel up to it today, you're supposed to be here, it won't work without you. So, <laughs> you know, so then you override. We can do this to a certain extent, you know, that's the way it goes. But you don't want to be stuck in an override as a as a program. So you feel guilty if you're not doing enough. Then this sense of guilt and shame, you know, when it's come from a social situation you you continually override what what where really you 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 have override your, your limitations. So it's very important to 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 understand some of these compulsions that get uh, programmed into us, as on a retreat, you know, in a collective situation, just to be conscious, you know, of the good aspects of a group, the sense of solidarity and companionship, and we're all in this together and helping, you know, part of it, and then the bad aspects of a group. I've got to keep up. I've got to make sure I'm there on time. Yeah. I've got to do my bit for everyone else no matter what kind of thing. Drag myself to another sitting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd really like that, you do not to feel under that obligation. You know? To not feel under that obligation. Obviously, sometimes, yeah, okay. You know, work a bit hard. Go for it. and You'll find your way. That's what I'm saying. So not to... Just put it, not just to watch that particular pattern that means you lose your presence you know, in some feeling of obligation or collective thing here. You know. Because here, the pointless retreat is to is to is to gain your presence, not to use the retreat to lose your <laughs> lose your presence with. In order to be a good meditator, as good as the next person, and so forth. This is just a uh, simple example. But if you really and 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 tr- trust that, even if you can't do it so well as you think you should, yeah, you know, just start. You know, keep lowering the bar till you get to a place where you can actually feel some joy in your practice, feel some (laughs) courage in your practice, feel something new rising up to your practice rather than kind of dragging yourself up. (laughs) Because then it will grow. You know, if you you put the right um, qualities around it, it's going to grow, that presence is going to grow. And if you feel the whole situation's on your side and, and reaching out for you, then it's it's going to grow, yeah. And it's very important, you know, to to I, I really feel very pleased if each one of us got to understand, you know, when the needle flicks into red, it's time to say wait a minute, wait a minute, what's the cost of this, and uh, to really trust and and to come back into ourselves and say this this is what I can do, this is where I am. And to feel confident in that, there's a lot of people I think run on 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 over override for years, decades and lo, lo- loss of presence and this is the means that the heart is not safely held it's like it 's got no skin around it uh it's got no ground, and we run on. On uh, good intention or sometimes just basically uh, sustained moderate panic so scramble 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 you know <laughs> this is very not good for anyone really so these Brahma Vihara what I call the Brahma Vihara, the four qualities I've just mentioned. Uh, uh, seeing the lovable, you know, that which is uh, good and uh, beautiful in yourself. Appreciating that. Uh, understanding the limitations of the vulnerability the, uh, of oneself and others. Care and protection for that. Rejoicing, celebrating in the, the good and being sustaining presence, not giving up on oneself through the ups and downs, just bearing with like like a holding an umbrella over it. you know just okay, we'll just bear with this rather than uh, you know or, or getting worried or upset about it. And a lot of life is like that because it's, it's generally never exactly going up. It's often up with a bit of down, down with some up, and tomorrow don't know, and this isn't so good, but, you know, so (laughs) equanimity is the big one. (laughs) covers it all. Eventually, you just just get more serene about it all. And all these allow you to sustain presence. You You don't lose your presence. This groundedness, this sense of confidence a sense of assurance presence is the first thing that that uh, goes and then we so we panic or we get overwhelmed we get frightened we get uh, shocked We get uh, bereaved and we lose our ground. Then the heart starts getting, uh, you get strong emotional currents. You don't necessarily lose your emotional side, but you lose the steady quality of that. You lose the the nourishing quality. You lose the loving quality. Then you get hysterical, um, panicky, um, short-tempered, and so forth. Mm. Or you go numb. People go kind of numb out. And then the thinking just all left is thinking. You know, in our as we in our practice in meditation, often we can find ourselves coming into places where some of this, this, um, these these uh, senses of loss become, you know, open up. You get feelings of of uh, because you know, loss of loss of affirmation. You know, loss of certainty. Mm. Buddha said there are five fears, that uh, five groups, you might say, five categories of things that cause us fear. And Fear is one of the fundamental ways in which we lose presence. As you know, fear, you get it in your guts. And that's where presence is. When you, when you have good, strong presence, you've got a nice presence, good belly feeling to it you know so the, the, the gut is often underrated as an organ <laughs> of perception <laughs> it's not as you know it doesn't get the kind of headlines that the heart gets you know or the brain or old gut but if you look in uh, you know the far eastern um, spirituality everyone knows guts they got hara you know big gutted buddhas buddhas with big, big bellies you know, Zen people with kind of roaring from the hara. That's the gut is king there, <laughs> because it's about the sense of um, presence. Yeah. yeah. So when you lose it, you feel this kind of uneasy tension uh, in 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 the in the guts. And this is a fear, is one of the big ones mm-hmm. that hits us there. You feel queasy, uncertain. And the Buddha said there are five um, categories or cl- or groups of experiences that that, that bring this to us. He says first of all it's a sense of death. You know, when will I die? Am I going to die? I am going to die. When will that happen? So you get a big bang or a crash or a shock or something like that, then that one kicks in. You know, and of course nowadays there's a lot of lot of it around, isn't there? Terrorism and and mm-hmm. violence and robbery and car crashes and things like that so you, that one is is ready to roll you know sometimes it's not actually happening but there's a sense it could be big crowds of people you know mobs and uh you know people going getting upset and violence things like that you feel nervous in that in that domain and some of that nervousness even when the, it's passed away it's still Hanging around as a kind of potential. Um, fear of death, fear of pain. Fear of being physically hurt. And of course, emotionally hurt. So there's a huge amount of possibility of being emotionally bashed. Abused, scarred, betrayed, dumped, belittled. Uh, you know, talked about behind your back these kinds of things um, so, loo- so you're loo- losing your sense of self respect so that kind of a fear will I be st- will I be um, you know, hurt by other people yeah. another one is fear of loss of um, resources loss of One's uh, finances, one's wealth, money, house, are they gonna come is the pound gonna crash completely and they'll come and you know, snatch my house back from me? Yeah. <laughs> the Economic crash things like that. The oil gonna run out, we'll be just kind of you know running around in skins. <laughs> But uh, it can be very worrying. So, uh, you know, often the thing that keeps us going in, in work situations is a, you know, the need to get, to get your wages and fear of losing your job. Losing your job, and poof, you know. Uh, who's gonna look after me, this, this sense. Um, and fear of um, disgrace, being ostracized by the group. So we are we are flock. Hurt creatures and one of the, the, you know, traditional punishments for human beings is to ostracize, being put in prison, being sent to Coventry, you know, Um, you know, you think it could be quite nice, actually, just being left alone. (laughs) 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 But uh, being left alone in a benevolent, trusting way is very pleasant. Being dumped isn't so nice at all. So, we're we're wired in, in our in our genes to experience that you know rejection by the family by the mother by the father, by the husband by the wife by the friends by the group by the society a very hurtful um, experience fear of that fear of loss of that mm. fear of um last one: fear of, of, of going insane, or losing it, or being overwhelmed. fear that one's mind, one's emotions, one's mind just might become s- flooded and overwhelmed. Mm. You know, fear of violent passions. suddenly, so you know so it't just mean clinically insane, but of really losing losing your balance, um, being pushed over the edge losing your equilibrium uh, and sometimes losing it strongly so you know we look at these categories and you kind of you can amplify them There's the fear of the fear involved with the social realm in other words rejection by the group Uh, fear of uh, if you like fear of um, Loss of respect, people losing their respect for you, you know, losing their love for you, being rejected by the group or by the other. Fear of losing your own center, your own inner poise, your own balance, your own um, control, you might say. Uh, Fear of uh, physical things, death, violence, so forth. So these all make us tight, you know, so when we feel fear, then you get this kind of uneasy sense in in your guts, and and one of the reactions is to tighten up, to try and hold it, you know, so you get uh, control, you get people have strong control systems, locks, padlocks, security devices, things to, pills to keep them steady, you know, to make sure you don't lose it one way or another. Uh, insurance policies, um, voting for politicians who will say, you know, we'll blast the hell out of anybody who comes near our blessed land, you know, <laughs> and and you can, so this is, uh, you know, very prevalent, isn't it? You can see kind of like a country like the United States is really frightened of being invaded by Iraq, which is about as likely as us being taken over by the Faroe Islands. <laughs> they justified the invasion of Grenada as Grenada re- representing a threat to the United States, Like Grenada population 140 or, what or something, a little speck of rock in the Caribbean uh, to invade it because it represented a threat. So it doesn't matter how ridiculous it is, because all you've got to say is threat the others, the others are going to come threat, 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 fear, 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 and that people tighten up and then, you know, lose, lose their reason, you know, when you lose your guts, you lose your reason. And you lose your heart. You lose your sense of, oh, just like me. They're just like me, you know. With are f- the same as me. You know, they get upset like I do. They get worried like I do. They want happiness. They want to look after their kids. They want to be w- have enough food to eat like I do. You lose that sense. It becomes them. Lock them up, beat them up, so forth. Um, you know, so... So you put people push the fear button, uh, and this this kind of very unreasonable behaviour happens. Fear of prejudice, fear of being, immi- you know, immigrant or um, racial prejudices. Fear of being, t- you know, picked upon by others. So this is a you know problem that we can all ex- we can experience. Fear of foreigners. So, you know, and these are all things that whatever our character is, then, then these are definite things that are triggers for human beings. And, um, you, you know, they're, so they're still there. The latent tendencies are there. They are maybe not happening right now, but, you know, you push a few buttons and it will, it will come. Hmm? Right, you know? Remember how, you know, in 1930s, the... Jewish population of Germany was very happily integrated, completely integrated. Nobody thought of them as Jews, they were just German. You know, and then suddenly the whole, this this political thing happened that turned everybody, suddenly it became, (laughs) you know, you were the outsiders. And, uh, you know, it can happen like that. So you can do it now to Muslims, who were just like, you know, they weren't Muslims before, they were just Pakistanis. (laughs) or interesting people you know had different customs and suddenly you can flip that and they become you know you know potential terrorists (coughs) so you know when's it going to happen to me you know guys in robes (laughs) 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 so sometimes I go (laughs) go to customs, you know, I go to America and the, the customs they say I've got, got robes on so that immediately makes me suspicious. I have to go into some cubicle and you hold your arms and they blast you with air guns. Not pellets, but you see this kind of shot of air comes bashing into you to check if I've got anything underneath, you know, some sort of, I don't know, bomb or something underneath, you know, because I look a bit weird. Everybody's weird if you look at it, you know, fear of people in anoraks you know <laughs> duffel coats you know. wearing having goatees could be communists <laughs> fear of people who look suspicious you all look suspicious to me <laughs> So, one of the uh, great um, mudras of the Buddha is called the Fearlessness Mudra. It's the mudra with the Buddha holding one hand up, the hand is open, called the abhaya means a fearlessness, protection. What this really um, is a blessing, but also what Buddha represents. Buddha represents the great heart. One way one can call it, great heart means you know, deep presence, vast compassion. Mm rooted unshakable presence vast compassion vast kindness yeah so you know with with that the great heart is is our protection from fear because for a start you know when you when you when you strengthen and you and you practice so that you don't lose your presence you're not going to get you're not going to go insane you're not get overwhelmed you know you're going to keep that um, you're not going to get pushed into um crazy behavior mm. so you loo- you keep your own dignity you keep your own sanity and that's if you like that is that's the bottom line that's the one that you could you could guarantee loss of wealth could be you know um death definitely pain yup. <laughs> uh but if we have this uh, great heart, then these these experiences don't have to, we don't have to lose presence with that. So for the Buddha, even in his sickness, dying and passing away, pre- did not lose presence. So there's a sense of unshakable deliverance of the heart, it's called. And this is what the Buddha's practices are um, there, to generate in us, we already have the seed, the bodhi seed. We just need to keep going to it, time and time again, caring for it, nourishing it, making sure we don't overstrain it, encouraging it, gladdening it, enjoying it, preaching it. See when that becomes strong. Hmm? This is what the Buddha is promising us: saying, so if you do this then your passing will not be in fear, will not be in loss. Your passing will be serene. And uh, say you, um, one of the qualities of the enlightened one, or a hunt, is they experience the physical pain, don't experience mental pain. That is, there's not the feeling got by, there's not the feeling pinned by, there's not the feeling oppressed by, sensations or the praise blame, gain loss, disgrace and so forth of others mm. because your your sense of heart is not connected to, is not based upon um, the worldly dhammas, it's based upon your own ability to be present to sustain that to develop that to be with that. Mm-hmm. And then these, then, you, if you do that, then you find that actually the loveliness of the heart becomes more apparent. You know, the joyfulness and the warmth and the ability to be grand and generous and forgiving, compassionate, you know, comes from this. Is This is how the flower unfolds, blooms, unfolds but you, you know it's all there and it will unfold we just remind us that of our possibilities to not hold back on that to encourage that to see the signs of what will uh, call upon that for us you know, we're not actually held in and fearful and nervous and embarrassed hmm? And this, the, you know, but the the um, the seed or the root, you might say, of all this is is presence. So, as we practice together, you know, just finding out, you know, if you have triggers, you know, of compulsion that stop you being present. Where where's that? Where do you where do you find yourself losing it, you know? Where do you lose confidence and self respect? Is it in performance, you know, doing as well as you think you should do, you feel you should do. Everybody else is serene, steady and you're wobbly. You know? Well that's the way it always looks like that, isn't it? You know, there should be somebody in every retreat who looks a complete disaster. So everybody else can think, well, at least I'm not as bad as him. (laughs) Somebody who dribbles, falls on the floor and trembles all the time. So you can actually think, oh, well, I'm okay. (laughs) You know, I'm one up from that. As is most people are sort of sitting here, kinda, of, you know, slumping here and there, kinda of nodding and, and so upright. It's just okay. everybody's in the about on par really. So that sense of uh apprehension, you know, to to not to put that aside. One of the nice things about a retreat actually is that while you recognise that, you know, everybody's kind of you know, up rocking around a bit and so that you know, you're pretty much in the in the same field. <laughs> Yeah. So that you know you know, so you don't lose yourself on on in that kind of social pressure also when you're experiencing your own emotional unsteadiness or painful memories or uh, uh, uneven mind states, the sense of fear of losing balance mm-hmm. so when, uh, you know if, uh, Basic practices generally to find a meditation, a way of stabilizing that's accessible. You see, like I was saying, standing up, the only pass mark is not to actually pitch over and fall on your face. So we we can do that. Uh, breathing in, breathing out, you know, walking, just keeping within the, the the format of a retreat, staying within the site, and just just finding yourself sort of. Stabilize within that. At least I've got this, and just holding that. And you can generally, these allow the other things to kind of blow through. So I mean, it really is just a matter of allowing stuff to to blow out. And you keep in in mind your meditation theme. Just you know, the body, breathing in, breathing out. You keep coming back to that when you can, and gradually that will you know stabilize. So you get a sense of you know uh, being able to. Uh, find yourself with that. Hmm. Then there are these times when you've got the kind of on the edge times when you you find quite strong feeling comes up, and it's deeply uh, un- unsettling, or it relates to your uh, your household, your social circumstances. Or people around you feel some mistrust or dis ease with, then these this is the time to to um, see if you can you know hold that in mind and just keep breathing through it. Yeah, you know, so this is you might say this is the when it, you know it's on the edge. If you go into it too much, you're going to spin out. If you you don't want to seize up to try and and tighten up and control it, you know. So how to be with that, which is potentially unsettling, alarming, concerning, you know, and just breathe in and breathe out through that. Let that energy move through that. All of us are in situations where there's something unresolved, something inconclusive, something that could go wrong, something that isn't finished, somebody who's not having a good time, somebody who's sick, uncertainties somewhere, you know, about the future, about other people, about ourselves. And so, you know, actually to bring that to mind and, okay, you know, for that moment, I just accept the presence of that, that disturbance, that uncertainty, that sense of risk, that sense of loss, and breathe in and breathe out with it. So, you know, you're turning the energy back, you know, where it can spin out. You're actually turning it back This is where, you know, it's this particular fringe area where you can develop the great heart because you start to embrace the ability to embrace the contradictions, the unresolved, the awkward, the wounded in your life. Mm -hmm. And embracing that, this is the great compassion. So if we can do that from a place of compassion, equanimity, you know, so that way you, you, you don't lose presence in the world of suffering and stress and uncertainty. And this is really a major theme in, in Dharma practice. They call it the, you know, uh, experience of a Nietzsche, impermanence, which is, sounds nice and clinical, you know. But impermanence means actually uncertain. Inconstant, unreliable, unsteady, unknown, not definite, could go wrong. <laughs> you know, don't really know whether it's going to work out or not. That's what it means, and that's that's the bit that makes it uh, um, gives it some 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 bite. You know, how do you how do you can you imagine? Can you do you really think things could be certain? Do you think tomorrow is certain? Do you do you believe in that? You know, we look at the world every day. You you live in the monastery every day. You get a little note in the bowl. Please chant for so and so. You know, who's eighteen? Died yesterday. Eighteen, wow! He should have lived to be <laughs> eighteen, you yeah. know, nine years old. Died of meningitis. Nine, my goodness! He should have lived to be, you know, eighty-five or something or the other. That, you don't. Nobody dies till then, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, you know. Well, the other day, somebody, you know, woman comes and a boyfriend just killed himself twenty-eight, you know, twenty-eight. Why did he do that? Don't know never said anything. Just the next day he was dead. 28? I'd given up already? What was going on? You know? Suddenly lost it. You know? And there one day it's solid, three-dimensional, you know, here we are, the next day, poof. You know? The woman who came to the monastery the other day and she got some scars on her face and glasses, Sri Lankan, and she'd been in a bus in Colombo or somewhere. Bomb goes off, you know. So something like 100 people killed and uh, a face full of glass. Um, so, you know, they were just... She was getting a little bit of eyesight back, you know. One day you're sitting in the bus thinking about... Going shopping or going to see your niece or something the other, planning that little fantasies and then boom, you know. So, where did that go? Where did that future go? Mm -hmm. And these are obviously violent, possible extremes. But for all of us, these not necessarily, you know, extreme death and things like that. But certainly, a lot of things just. Are uncertain, and also th- new things can arise we never thought of. How do we live with this? You know. How do we live with it? Mm. We accept it, acknowledge that, breathe through it. Breathe through that. That sense. So okay, you know. Who knows tomorrow? But today, now. Breathing in, breathing out. Real value in that. It's one of our recollections, isn't it? they have said every night you think maybe you'll die tonight. So breathe in and breathe out. Do it really well now. <laughs> 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 yeah. What Buddha have said the one who you know, is talking to a group of monks, you know, it's, it's said, you, you contemplate maranusati or contemplation of death. Somebody said, well, I do it every day. He said, yeah, not bad. Not really good enough. Somebody said, well, I do it every time I eat. He said, no, that's good. Not Somebody said, every time I breathe in, I think this might be the last. So <laughs> <laughs> said, that's good. You got it, you know. <laughs> you know, so you breathe in like it's your last. You certainly breathe in. <laughs> So then actually the the idea of it is not to cause you a sense of continual anxiety, but to say, you know, you just do not know. So really make this one count. Make it fall. Don't lose presence now. That's all you have, really. But you do have that. You do have this. Yeah. And this is all you can have The rest of it you can't have you can it can pass through you for a while possibly but all kinds of stuff couldn't only thing you certainly can have is the most valuable thing the thing that will get you past death that's the only thing you can have and you've got it right now why don't we just invest (laughs) in that (laughs) as a priority and see what other bits we can kind of you know build up around that, some friendships, some comforts, some happiness, some, you know, just get get the priorities right. Mm. And then we will live freely, confidently, and without regret. Let's have some time for practice.